Welcome to Web3 Simplified, where we explore NFTs, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and all things Web3. New technology can sometimes be confusing and complicated, but it shouldn't be. So on Web3 Simplified, we are going to break it down into easy-to-understand definitions, explanations, how-tos, and stories. Now to the host of Web3 Simplified, Sean Specey. Hey everyone, welcome to Web3 Simplified. My name is Sean. If you're a brand new listener, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. Big news has been happening uh, this last week and things have been uh, shaken up in the cryptocurrency world. And that's where this topic is coming from, specifically with uh, FTX. And now uh, there's rumors and reports of a run being made on crypto.com. So the question is, is why did people lose money and why did people and how, how did people lose money with FTX uh, filing for bankruptcy, with FTX getting hacked, with FTX uh, transferring funds, whatever you want to call it. But uh, why and how did people lose their money, lose their cryptocurrency with FTX? And so in order to answer that question, we have to understand. And again, uh, so I'm not a financial expert. Um, but I am a user and I've been reading articles and watching things. And you have to understand a couple of concepts within uh, Web3 as well as just uh, within the financial system. So um, the first concept we have to understand is uh, the how does Web3 uh, wallet and cryptocurrency work in general? And I did an entire podcast on this on the blockchain uh, and on Web3 wallets. But here's the oversimplified version is... If you want to own a Bitcoin or if you want to own a Satoshi, which is a part of a Bitcoin, it would be a lot like uh, like, like how quarters and dimes and nickels are. Like if you have four quarters, it adds up to a dollar. Well, there's a number of Satoshis that adds up to a Bitcoin. So if you want to own one Bitcoin or a half a Bitcoin or a fraction of a Bitcoin or one Ether or which is on the Ethereum blockchain, or one soul, which is on the Solana network. So if you want to own cryptocurrency, um, then the way that you do it is through what's called a wallet. And so a Web3 wallet is essentially like a, a line of code or a device that has code built into it. And the blockchain that is tracking and monitoring all of the financial transactions, it associates the cryptocurrency, the amount of cryptocurrency that you own. So let's just say for uh, ETH, let's say it's a half a Bitcoin. So your one half of a Bitcoin uh, is associated with a security key, and that security key is associated with your wallet. And your wallet is what you would unlock. Your wallet, essentially, think of it like your bank account, right? Um, it could either be your bank account or it could either either be that or, uh, well, really, pretty much, it's going to be like your safe in your house, right? So let's say, for example, you want to go to, uh, let's use the safe example. You go to the bank and you withdraw uh, $5,000 or whatever that looks like. And you take it home, you have $5,000 in cash, and you put it into your safe in your closet, and then you close it with a code. So the code, uh, if we relate this metaphor to Web3, the safe in your house is going to be like your Web3 wallet. And your Web3 wallet, when you open the door, it has that money in it. Well, 
in order to open the door, you have to have a password and in Web3 wallet to control it, really, you have to have a seed phrase. And so uh, that's how Web3, that's how blockchain works is they are saying, hey, your wallet has this security code, basically this computer code. And we are associating X amount of like the blockchain is associating X amount of cryptocurrency, so X amount of money with your Web3 wallet. So that's a lot like a safe. And then what's happening is uh, FTX and Coinbase and uh, Binance and all of these other essentially companies, they, what they are doing is they are what's called an exchange. And it would be a lot like having a bank account at Bank of America or Wells Fargo or one of, or one of those. And so what happens is, uh, like, you know how you went to the bank and you withdrew that $5,000? Well, with the bank, what's happening is if you take that $5,000 back to the bank, the bank is uh, depositing that $5,000 and they are reserving a certain amount of money in uh, reserves in their actual bank, but then they're using that $5,000 to loan out to other people. They don't actually just sit on it and hold it. Uh, it's not like a safety security box, a safety deposit box, right? So they are actually like loaning it out to businesses, loaning it out to small businesses, and then they are insured by the federal government so that if for some reason all of a sudden everybody goes to Bank of America and everybody goes to Wells Fargo and there's a run on the banks like what happened in what the 1920s when the stock market crashed, well, the federal government is insuring and uh, the bank has a certain amount of money and they might... Uh, they're, they're essentially acting like an exchange where you're bringing in these physical dollars and then they are using that to loan it out to other people and they're putting a number on your account. And that's essentially what's happening. Uh, and that's, it's, it's not exactly because they are not a bank, but these exchanges are almost acting like banks because what happens with an exchange. So FTX, if you saw the news, uh, they filed for bankruptcy um, and there's uh, there was a hack that people believe happened. Um, I don't think it's confirmed as of today when I'm recording this episode. And essentially what happens is with an exchange like FTX is uh, people, it was a, an app on your phone or you went to the website and you connected your bank account. And what happened is they would exchange your US dollars or whatever your government currency is for the cryptocurrency. And then instead of giving you money in to take home and put into your safe, what happens is they held on to it for you if you left it within the exchange. So it was a lot like a bank account. So instead of having $5,000 at home in your safe, which is what would happen if you had, if you went to FTX and you used the app and you bought $5,000 worth of Bitcoin, and then you transferred it to a custodial wallet, which is your, it's like your safe account in your house, your safe, uh, your safe, like your physical safe in your house. That's what a custodial Web3 wallet would be. That would be like a MetaMask wallet on the Ethereum blockchain kind of thing. So if you transferred it to your wallet, then you that would be a lot like withdrawing the $5,000 and having it sitting at home in your safe. What's happening with FTX is people were buying and there was a lot of trading that was happening. People, individual people were buying cryptocurrency on FTX and they were what's called staking it where FTX was saying, hey, if you leave it with us, 
we promise you 10% more whatever it was like this time next year or something like that, right? A lot of these exchanges are doing that because then what they are doing is they are either staking it themselves to get a return from somebody else or they're loaning it out to other people or uh, in this case, in the news, allegedly, is FTX was using it some for some more nefarious purposes. They were using it to fund other things. They were transferring it out. And then the reason why people lost cryptocurrency when this all happened is, uh, from, from my knowledge and understanding, from what I've been reading, is so uh, people were using FTX a lot like where they would say, hey, I want to buy uh, say $100 worth of Bitcoin, and I'm going to leave it with FTX. I'm not going to transfer it out. It's just going to sit there a lot like it would be with your bank account. You leave your money with Bank of America or Wells Fargo kind of thing, right? So they left it in the exchange. And then they said, and then the exchange is, uh, they hold it in your account. But what's happening with this is that the actual Bitcoin that was purchased was not in a wallet that you control. It was in a wallet that FTX controls. And they just said, okay, your account has $100 worth of Bitcoin, but we're holding it in our wallet until you tell us to transfer it somewhere. Well, what happened um, over the course of this last couple of days is uh, some rumors or some information started to spread about how uh, maybe FTX was not uh, functioning properly. People might have been cheating the system somehow. And uh, things just weren't quite working out. Uh, well, things weren't uh, all that they may seem. And so people started to get afraid. And uh, people started to sell uh, a certain coin that was associated with FTX. And then people started to try to withdraw funds. And then FTX, uh, one of the rumors was that FTX didn't have enough reserves to cover a certain amount that they were supposed to. And so all of these things started to cascade. And then all of a sudden, what happened is uh, because there was uh, essentially a lot of money, a lot of cryptocurrency trying to be withdrawn at one time, and then this fear started to pop up. There was transfers then in large amounts from the FTX holding wallets. Those transfers, we believe what happened is uh, from according to different people that I've, I've read online, is that uh, FTX, there was a, a, either an inside job or a hack job where someone hacked into their system and transferred out like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrency. And then FTX... Uh, froze and they transferred out whatever they could get their hands on to stop it. And then what happened is, is people's accounts were all of a sudden going to zero. Or when you logged into your account, if, if it said $100 worth of Bitcoin and you tried to transfer it out, it wouldn't let you transfer it out. It just wasn't working because they didn't actually have it in their wallet because it was being either stolen by someone that was hacking the system or it was being transferred out by FTX trying to stop the hack from happening and those kinds of things. So the reason why people and uh, the reason why people number one believe in cryptocurrency is because of the permissionless transactions so that you can if you had that $5,000 in your safe for example going back to that example you can just go to your safe anytime you want to, open it up, take out, say, $100, and give it to uh, go and buy yourself some dinner, right? So it's it's kind of permissionless if you have it in your own custodial wallet. And I actually, and so that's one of the reasons why uh, people believe in cryptocurrency. But what's happening with the exchange and the reason why people are losing money with FTX 
is because they didn't actually have control of their wallet. They didn't have the security phrase. They All they had was like a password or they unlocked their phone. They went to the FTX app and they would transfer things around. So the exchange, the reason why people do that is it makes it easy. You can exchange Bitcoin for Ether. Like let's say, for example, Ether is staying stagnant and Bitcoin you think is going to jump up the next day because this one person set told you it might. You can transfer $100 worth of Ether into uh, $100 worth of Bitcoin minus a small fee. And then maybe Bitcoin goes up to $150 for you. And then you transfer it back out into something else that hopefully goes up. So there's people trading and things like that. That's why exchanges are so helpful is they make it easy to exchange one cryptocurrency for the other, hence the name exchange. But the problem is, is that when you have it in an account like that, when it, an exchange is you're not using a wallet that has a seed freight and a password, you're just unlocking an app and they are holding your cryptocurrency for you until you send it to your own wallet, which would be, again, like sending it to a safe in your house kind of thing. So that's the reason why people have lost money because due to the FTX crash, we'll call it. And uh, so when FTX crashed, they no longer have the funds to be able to, if they sit, if you're, if you open up your app and it still says that there was a hundred dollars but you can't transfer it out because they don't have the $100 worth of Bitcoin, well, then your account says you do, but they, but you don't actually have it because it's not in a wallet that you can control. And there was actually a phrase uh, running around that says uh, that people were kind of quoting that have been around the crypto for a while. That's not your keys, not your crypto. Not your keys, not your crypto. And just to explain that for a second, so what they are referring to is what I just what I explained earlier is how if you have a the, the $5,000 safe in your house like you have the safe sitting there so you control the safe and you have a code to get into the safe which would either be like your thumbprint or a number combination whatever that looks like maybe it's multiple factors to get into it but if you control the actual safe and you control the code to get into the safe well then you control the $5,000 that's in the safe and so with a custodial wallet, which would be again like a MetaMask or a Rainbow wallet, that if you are if you control the seed phrase and you control the password, then you control the wallet and you control the crypto that's in with the wallet. Well, what they're saying is with FTX and with Coinbase and crypto, when you use an exchange like that, which there's there's nothing wrong with that, and I might go into that in a future thing, but there's nothing wrong with those exchanges if they are done right and they are done well, there's nothing wrong with it. It would be a lot like keeping your money with Bank of America, right? Where you can easily move it between accounts. You can easily exchange it for other things. So there's a, there's, these exchanges are good things when they are run well and run right. But if you use an exchange, if you uh, because you're using an exchange, all you have is a password. You don't have the secure, you're not controlling the actual wallet with the actual money inside, they are for you. And so because you don't own the keys to that wallet, then you don't actually own the cryptocurrency. So that's where the phrase, not your keys, not your crypto, or not my keys, not my crypto comes into play. So again, um, please be sure to do your own research uh, in the show notes when I have time. Um, I will uh, be sure to add a couple of articles to the links there for you to read. Um, and then uh, find, look it up on Twitter, uh, verify information. Uh, I've seen some rumors floating around about, uh, about another major cryptocurrency exchange. And uh, here's the thing is that 
Uh, we are all in this together and a rising tide lifts all ships. And so if you get more knowledge, if I get more knowledge, if the marketplace gets more knowledge, if the world gets more knowledge, it's going to make the world a better place. And uh, again, going back to what I was saying about exchanges is exchanges in themselves are not a bad thing. They're a very, very good thing if they are done well, if they are run like, a pro like, a, like they are supposed to, if they are run by wise men and women who are there to do good work. And it is a few people, a few bad actors that are, I believe, causing all of this uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, which would be FUD in the Web3 space. So uh, please, please, please be sure to read more, educate yourself more. And if you see a rumor floating around, don't just panic, but verify it. Verify it by reading other articles, reading other Twitter threads, asking someone, those kinds of things. Uh, before giving into the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And then if you do verify it, and it is bad news, unfortunately, it does happen. So be safe and be careful out there. And if this episode was helpful for you um, in understanding it, I, I really hope and pray that it, it does uh, for understanding of why and how did people lose money with the FTX crash that happened in the last couple of days. Thanks so much, and I'll see you or uh, you'll hear me in a future episode of Web3 Simplified. Oh, and uh, be sure to go to web3simplified.xyz if you want to learn more about Web3 in general. There's an entire uh, free glossary there and uh, dictionary glossary, definition of terms kind of thing that's available for you, as well as more videos and links to podcast episodes. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you in a future episode. See ya.